The Bipocalypse is here. If you are like all of us here at the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast wondering who on earth you are going to start this week, don't worry. You're not alone. Just wait till you hear about this surprising number. Maybe not so surprising when you're looking at your lineups, but the uh, number of players who are fantasy relevant who are on bye this week. Uh, I'm Miles Nelson, and we're going to be talking about who you should be sitting. Surprise, no one. And who you should be starting. Surprise, anyone you have healthy uh, this week in week seven. Joined. As always, by Eric Smith and Ryan Heath. Eric, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, setting the rankings. I had to pay attention to where I was putting Mark Ingram for the first time in weeks. So uh, <laughs> I usually just kind of like, you know, put him in when uh, I'm not going to start a running back anymore. But it was like, oh, maybe Mark Ingram, uh, he, he might get a touchdown this week. So that's where we're at. Running back is brutal. Receiver, there's a little bit of depth. But um, yeah, if you have a 1A or 1B on a team at running back, you're starting yeah, I've got a, I've got a few teams where I I was scouring the waiver wire for literally anyone playable this week, and I think Mark Ingram was like my third uh, uh, backup waiver waiver option. I, I was like, please don't let it come to this, but I guess Mark Ingram's uh, the third best option out there. And yet, I think Darnish Johnson was my first. So it's just it's bad all around. Uh, Ryan, man, how how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I was really excited this week when I started working on my rankings because I realized I could put Cordero Patterson as an RB1. And I don't think I'm ever going to be able to say that again in my life. So it's crazy times we're living in and I'm absolutely here for it. Yeah, well, and uh, as you know, if you listen last week, you know, I'm coming back from my bye week uh, as I went uh, to a baseball conference in Arizona. How dare I uh, switch the other side? Uh, And Ryan still coming back from injury. He's still uh, still limited, still questionable. Uh, but he's here. He's gotten it out. Um, Eric, of course, the the healthy uh, you know tank that just rolls on. Uh, you know, like uh, like someone who never gets hurt. Like I don't know, like a Russell Wilson um, uh. not this year. Uh, but uh, or like Geno Smith, the last I think the last remaining quarterback from his uh, NFL draft class, uh, and the best quarterback from his NFL draft class. Uh, sadly, uh, obviously, we're gonna be talking about as many players as we can on this podcast, talking about who you should be starting, who you should be sitting, and uh, if we don't get to your player, don't worry. Uh, go to QBList.com on Thursday and check out our Sit Star article where we go over every single fantasy relevant player, every single matchup, uh, and have something for you on whether you should start or sit your players. Uh, as well as uh, Eric's rankings will be up on the site. So if you've got a couple of tough options, maybe maybe you're a lucky team and, and you've actually got some good options to choose from, uh, you can uh, check out Eric's rankings and decide, oh, do I want to start, um, I don't know, DeAndre Swift? Or Damian Harris this week. You know, I'm look at me. I'm so lucky that I have multiple healthy running backs and I can I can make that choice. Uh, uh, but, you know, if you're in that position, we do have that for you as well. Um, as always, let's go to our two players that we're surprisingly sitting. Uh, Ryan, why don't you kick it off? Who, who are you surprisingly sitting this week? Yeah, surprise. I'm not sitting anybody. I honestly don't know that I can tell you to sit any particular player because I understand. If you're like, hey, I might need to start Ronald Jones this week. I'll be like... All right, man, go for it. Like, <laughs> I, I hope it works out for you. Demetric Felton, I can't can't knock it. What are, what are we going to do? There are no active players, it feels like. Miles was saying before that something like 33 out of the top 100 most rostered players are either on by or confirmed not playing this week. So th- there's really no, there's nothing. Who are you going to put in your lineup besides literally whoever you can find? Way to way to steal my thunder. I tease the number. I don't give the number before the show starts, and then you beat me to it. Uh Ryan, uh I'm 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 muting you for the rest of the podcast. But that is true though. It's really tough to find people to sit. I will find someone. We'll find that line. I I will we'll we'll find a player you're sitting this week. Um Eric, who are you gonna be sitting this week? 
Yeah, so I came up with a couple names just to have two names for you. So um, I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd. I talked about him on what we saw, but uh, Boyd has a combined five catches over the past two weeks and 31 yards, clearly behind T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. So I'm sitting Boyd if I can against a Baltimore defense that just locked down the Chargers. Um, and then other than Boyd, you know, I, I put Rondale Moore on here. I don't even know if it's that surprising, but um, we're seeing kind of some of his passing game work go to the running game, which isn't that great for PPR leagues. So Moore's pretty comfortably behind all four receivers, uh, A.J. Green, uh, Christian Kirk, uh, maybe three receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, however many receivers they have in Arizona. But he's a pretty clear fourth in that receiving core. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to talk about this when we get to the tight end section, but we should talk about it a little bit right now. Obviously, big news from last week, uh, Zach Ertz being traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Arizona Cardinals. It was basically announced like as soon as the game was over, um, but I think uh, Ertz might have known. It feels like he might he may have known during the game or maybe they told him right after the game because I think he was like crying in the locker room right after. Great final performance from Ertz in Philadelphia. Um, gave every fantasy uh, manager out there a scare on Sunday when Ertz's stats suddenly went from however many points he scored to zero uh, on Sunday as he was labeled as not active for the Cardinals. So um, thank you, uh, fantasy sites out there, for for scaring all of us on a Sunday morning. That was nice. Uh, but, okay, so now Zach Ertz is in Arizona. This is – I mean, this is undoubtedly a win for Dallas Goddard. What does this mean for Zach Ertz, though, going from a team where he was competing with I, um, uh, Devontae Smith – I guess uh, uh, I can't even name some of the other receivers there in Philadelphia to a team that has had the following players have good fantasy weeks this year. And from a receiving perspective, DeAndre Hopkins, um, uh, Rondell Moore, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds has been getting involved in the passing game. Uh, Max Williams had a week where we were like, maybe we should pick that guy up. So what does this mean for Zach Ertz uh, and the rest of the receiving options there in Arizona, Eric? Yeah, for Ertz, it should increase his touchdown potential. So I think on that hand, it's good. Um, he's got two touchdowns this year for the Eagles. I would expect that to be a lot higher for the Cardinals. They're just lighting it up, and he doesn't have another tight end to share with. Uh, he's The problem is he's not good after the catch. He's not an explosive player. You look at his yardage totals week to week, it, they're not great. So I see pretty touchdown dependent here. Just too many other options in the passing game. For the rest of the passing game, it's it's annoying. It's another mouth to feed. I don't think it's going to be a major difference for someone like Hopkins or Kirk, even if Kirk's playing well. But it is a little bit annoying, but I don't think he's going to have a major impact here. I'd, I'd expect similar to what he's done in Philadelphia, just more touchdowns. All right. Yeah. I mean, it, we're basically at the point in Ertz's career where he reminds me of late career Jason Witten and that he would he'll somehow amble his way into an opening somewhere, catch the ball, put his shoulder down into the nearest defender, and then just like hit the deck. So um, you're absolutely right. I think a, a player like him, Having more opportunities in the red zone, uh, a, t a much more explosive offense uh, is nothing but good for him because it gives him more of that scoring upside. So um, Zach Ertz goes to a team that has uh, five different players with at least 28 targets already on the year, and hopefully he can get his fair share uh, in the red zone. Does this? Uh, is there any player on the Cardinals that you are immediately like, I, I don't know if I want to start because uh, of Ertz coming to town? I mean, other than Max Williams, you shouldn't have been starting anyway. Yeah, well, he's he's hurt now, too, I believe. So, no, because, I mean, we saw, like you said, we saw Williams have a bit of a role. I don't think it affected the other players. And, like, someone like Rondale Moore, uh, you could say it would affect him, but he's just a totally different type of player than Ertz. So, I, I have a hard time seeing Ertz, like, phasing him out at this point. Okay. Um, who are two players that you're surprisingly starting, uh, Eric, other than everyone? Uh, who are two players that you, you are, you know, kind of keying in on? 
Yeah, I'll start with Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers. Um, it oh, looks no. like we're going to have, yeah, this is a scary one, but it's a scary week here. So it looks like Trey Lance is going to be out, which is going to be a good thing for this passing game to go to Jimmy G. Um, it's just, you know, Lance just hasn't shown that passing ability yet. I'm still excited for his long-term future, but Ayuk played 70% of the snaps last week, 14% target share. He's, he's moved up in the usage behind Debo. Um, so now maybe Jimmy G gives a little boost. He puts up some points here. So it's a scary week. Um, I, he, he, pencils in at the you know back end of my wide receiver three rankings so i think you can play Ayuk if you need to and uh this one's real scary uh Devontae freeman uh for the ravens if latavius murray is out um i thought freeman looked pretty decent last week he had a little bit of juice against the chargers and i, I think he's better than Le'Veon bell at this point so if no latavius murray you can play freeman and expect maybe 10 ppr points out of him yeah, uh, Murray did not practice today uh, as he's dealing with that ankle injury that caused him to leave Sunday's game. Um, so it sounds like Devontae Freeman is the person that that you expect to get um, the majority of the workload there. If Murray's out. not not Tyson Williams, I'm still holding on to him in one league. I mean, we've got to see him activated first. They just uh, they ran out of options on Le'Veon Bell on the practice squad and they elevated him to the active roster. So they do plan on using him. Uh, they didn't cut him. Uh, so yeah, I would just expect Freeman looked decent last week. I think he'll lead the way without Murray. It may be a split backfield, but he just looked the best out of that backfield other than Murray. All right. And then on the Brandon, Ayuk, I mean, that's, it's really concerning that uh, we're at the point where we're still like, Hey, maybe you should start a guy who has one more reception and uh, fewer touchdowns than uh, Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs. Uh, Ryan, who do you have as two players that you're surprisingly starting? Yeah, I have Allen Robinson in my top 20 receivers this week, which oh, my goodness, I know that I couldn't even believe it when I was looking at this at the end. But I mean, look, if he can't get it done in this game against the Buccaneers, I don't know what to say. He had seven targets last week, so he's seeing at least some respectable target volume, more than you can lock in a lot of players for this week. And the Bucs are just such a pass funnel defense that honestly, if he's got to figure it out and at wide receiver 20, I honestly can't tell you to start a lot of guys over him. Like, but am I going to go with Tyler Lockett with Geno Smith throwing to him at a 8.5 average depth of target? No. So I'm going to go with Allen Robinson. And then my other one is Dearness Johnson. Uh, I mean, Johnson is not a good athlete. People were really mad after last year when we had a similar situation to this week and he seemed like the last man standing in the backfield and did absolutely nothing. Um, but, and also it sucks with Baker Mayfield being out there. The offense probably isn't going to be all that efficient, but all of that said, I have him in RB 19 this week because I can't lock in anybody else below him for double digit touches. Honestly, like, am I going to say to start Miles Sanders over him who could see literally half of his opportunities as we've seen before in the season. So I'm going with Dearness Johnson and Allen Robinson as clear starts this week. Yeah. I can't wait to find out what you guys have. Dearness Johnson ranked the number one added player in, uh, in Yahoo this past week. Uh, I was looking around uh, real quick. You mentioned Allen Robinson. I was trying to see how far he has fallen. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, other than we obviously know he's fallen very far, but like exactly how far he's fallen. And I think I've discovered a legitimate conspiracy here with Yahoo. Uh, uh, their quote unquote preseason ranking of Allen Robinson is now 116 below um, Marquez Calloway and Jarvis Landry. I don't think there's any world in which Allen Robinson preseason was being ranked 116 overall. So Yahoo, we, we see you. We remember it's it's only two months ago. I remember what my draft rankings were like. 
You guys are messing around with the numbers here, and I don't like it. Uh, can't trust Yahoo anymore. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, Robinson now, the 160th ranked player so far this season in PPR. And uh, before the season, he was going as, like, a, what, second round, third round pick. So, uh, yeah, it's fallen very, very far. Um, and, and here's hoping that, you know, the Bears remember how to throw to him. Um, all right. We need to talk about this injury slash bipocalypse because as uh, Ryan so rudely uh, 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 scoops me on, uh, I, I went, I crunched the numbers. I looked at the top 100 players by roster ship in Yahoo, uh, top 100 offensive players. Of those 100, 33 of them are definitely not playing this week. Nine of them have been ruled out already for injury. Guys like Christian McCaffrey um, and, and you know Kareem Hunt. And 24 other players are on bye. So that is a third of the top 100 players roster that are not playing. Uh, there are teams out there. We've seen the tweets. We've seen the screenshots that are just absolutely decimated. Um, if you're a team that has like two players, uh, just take the L, I think. If you need to recreate your entire lineup, I, I mean, unless you're in a guillotine league, I, I'd say probably just take the L. What do you What do you guys say? I mean, if you've only got a win or two, you might be, not be able to do that. Uh, it does depend on your record. But if you're above 500, yeah, don't blow up your roster just for this one week. Ryan, what do you think? If you've got, if you've got, let's say you've got three players that you can actually start this week because they're either because they are healthy and have a game, uh, and you need to recreate the rest of your offensive lineup. Uh, are you are you going to be aggressive in churning that lineup, or or are you you know more uh, akin to maybe say, hey, maybe maybe these three guys can get me you know a, a hundred point blowout loss? Yeah, like Eric said, it definitely depends some on your record, but it also depends on your opponent. If I were you, I would look at your opponent's lineup and see how many guys he has he has starting available. Um, if he has a full lineup and you would have to churn your entire roster, then yeah, don't bother. But if he's in just as rough shape as you and your record's around 500, then yeah, I think you can do what you need to do to raise your probability of winning this week. I, I I like this idea uh, of just like all the teams that are decimated should just like meet up and be like, hey, can we can we change the schedule? I've got three players. You've got four. Let's just play each other this week. And uh, and we'll just all agree. It'll just be like one big bye week for the two of you. Um, but if you are in a position where you are, maybe you'll maybe you only need to add one or two more players. You're looking at your bench and you're like, man, I just don't know what to do between these injured, injured players. These guys are on bye. I don't know which of these guys I can actually drop. Um, let's go through some of those players and just, and just kind of, uh, talk through. So scale of one to 10, uh, let's give some context. 10 is you, you should have dropped this dude already when your waivers ran. This is a guy you should have dropped anyway. Um, a five is like, you really don't want to drop him, but you will, if it's, Hey, we need this, we need one more starter and you can drop this guy and you don't like, uh, physically, you know, vomit from, from doing so. And a one on the scale is like, in no world are you dropping this. I don't care what it's for. Don't you dare drop them. So scale of one to 10 on these guys. I'm going to start with the Bills players. Um, we've got three guys that are kind of, uh, I mean, on the, not necessarily on the edge of rosters, but uh, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, and Emmanuel Sanders. How droppable are those three? Uh, I would have Emmanuel Sanders as the least droppable. Uh, so he's probably like a, a three for me. And Moss and Singletary, I would want to hang on to, but it's tough with these buys. So um, they're probably both around a five for me. I still have some hope, but uh, you, you can probably replicate them on waivers later if you need to. Who would you be the first to drop if, if you had both? Because I think there are people out there who did who are rostering both. 
I still think it's Singletary. Moss is seeing more snaps. They use him in the passing game. Um, so I'm going to hang on to Moss. He's got more of a goal line role. So uh, Singletary's had some nice runs. He still looks like a decent player, but we know his fantasy prospects at this point. Ryan, what about you? Yeah, I agree. Devin Singletary is the first person I would drop out of that group. Um, he really needs a Zach Moss injury to realize any sort of upside because, as Eric said, uh, Moss is getting all the red zone and the passing game work. So I'd say Singletary is like an 8 out of 10 droppable if you're in trouble. Moss is like a 4 or 5, and Sanders is a 3. Okay, cool. So don't drop Sanders. Probably don't drop Moss. Uh, you can drop Singletary if you need to. What about Michael Thomas? For those of us who might have been holding on to him for a while or – if someone else already gave up on him and you scooped him, they're saying the reports are he won't be ready for at least another couple of weeks. Uh, is Michael Thomas droppable? This is tough for me because I never roster players like this who were hurt for the whole season, it seems like. Um, it's kind of like the sunk cost fallacy here. I don't know. Are you really going to get rid of him after you held him this whole time? So um, I'm going to put a, a seven on him because I wouldn't have had him in the first place. But I, I get it if you're not going to move on. I need you to talk me into dropping him because I have him in a few leagues. Well, this Saints, passing number, game, Eric. this Saints passing game is pretty low volume. Uh, outside of the weeks where James Winston spikes like four touchdowns, there's not much here. So no. uh, I, I gave it to you. I said seven. So he's right, squarely seven in the droppable. But again, you've been holding him all year. So why are you going to drop him now? Because you have six players on by <laughs> and <laughs> you have to make choices, Eric. Ryan, uh, Eric says seven. Where are you on Michael Thomas? Yeah, I'd give it an eight. And same as Eric, this isn't the type of player I like to roster if I don't have an IR spot on IR spot. So you can drop him. I know it sucks. Like you feel like an idiot for holding him all year and then dropping him now. But that that's how it goes sometimes you and there's a reason that sunk cost fallacy is called a fallacy because (laughs) it's not it's not actually helping you to follow it. Awesome. Yeah, my uh, intro to econ class, I, I remember that. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ryan. Uh, Tony, uh, Tony Pollard uh, obviously has been playing very well, but you know, still the, the RB2 there in Dallas. Um, do you hang on to Tony Pollard? If I'm at all competing for the playoffs, yes. I, I think I've got him at like a two. I do not want to get rid of him. If you're desperate, though, and you're fighting and clawing just to you know get anywhere near 500, then he's a seven, move on, get a starter in there. But he's, his upside's so huge if something happens to Zeke. Right. I'd give out a four. You want to hang on to him, as Eric said, the upsides there. And really, you can plug him in weekly as like a low end flex play sometimes in plus matchups. So he's someone I would want to hang on to. All right. Uh, sticking with the handcuff theme, Alexander Madison. And I think this one's probably more interesting if you are also rostering Dalvin Cook. I think it becomes a, a much more tough decision because now you're talking about two players that you're benching this week. Uh, can you drop Alexander Madison? Yeah, I mean, I think if you have Dalvin Cook, um, you can drop him. Roll the dice that Cook's healthy. He looked good last week. So I would put him at a, about an eight if you have Cook. It could burn you, but at some point you got to take some risk here. And, and this is a tough week. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. if you don't have Cook and you're hanging on to Madison, I think he's probably pretty droppable. Um, but it sounds like he's droppable either way. Ryan, uh, where are you on Madison? Yeah, I agree. He's droppable. He's performed better than I thought he would in the spot starts he's had, but ultimately he's a handcuff. So that okay. should be one of the first guys you clear off. If uh, if Odell Beckham Jr. or Jarvis Landry can't go tomorrow uh, in the Thursday night football matchup, are you dropping them? Or what? what's the scale for them uh, in terms of finding a starter, 1 to 10? I think they're both about a 10 anyway. I don't know. I just, I'm not holding out much hope for this passing game anytime soon. Move on, get someone else who's healthy. 
Yeah, they're both extremely replaceable with the production they're going to provide. So drop them. All right. Um, we've got a few running backs on IR here. Uh, I got about four. Oh, well, we'll do five. Um, let's start with uh, CEH. I'm still holding if possible. So he's about a four for me. Yeah, I'd agree. There's a lot of upside in this offense, as we've seen with Daryl Williams. So three or four. Is is maybe Daryl Williams just a better running back than CEH? I just, I just, he's not very good. All right, uh, David Montgomery. I'll be honest. I'm not positive on the outlook for his injury right now. Um, I would want to hold him, though. So let's put him more like a three. Uh, I, I mean, we've seen his upside. He won people leagues last year down the stretch. So um, as long as this isn't like a five, six-week injury, let's hang on to him. Yeah, this was reported as a four- to five-week injury uh, two weeks ago. So we're looking at, as of this moment, supposedly two to three weeks uh, still to go from here, uh, assuming that you know he's he is able to come back from what they initially were worried uh, was an ACL tear. Uh, although they do, he did avoid that, but you know, still not sure of the severity of that. Uh, Ryan, uh, David Montgomery. Yeah, same with Ceh. Like we've seen his role in this offense, and we can feel pretty confident about it. So he's one that I would prioritize keeping over somebody like Alexander Madison, who's more of a handcuff. Okay, uh, Kareem Hunt. I'm going to split the difference. I'd rather keep him than CEH, I think, um, but I'd rather keep Montgomery. So let's put him at a, a three and a three, half. Three and a half. <laughs> Ryan? Yeah, Hunt's out for like five games is the, is the prognosis, right? So I'll double I, check that while you give us your number. Yeah, so I would say he's more droppable than the other two we mentioned. So I'd put him at like a five or six. Yeah, that may right. be the case. I mean, some of these injuries are so recent. We don't have a ton of information, so we're still kind of waiting on Hunt. Yeah, could miss up to six weeks uh, with a, uh, believe, a calf strain uh, for a cream hunt. Uh, Chris Carson. This is a tough one. Um, I think you could move on and probably still pick him back up. Uh, I, I, he's, he's looked like he's lost a step a little bit this year anyway. He's on IR, so that's guaranteed games to miss. So let's put him more like a seven. Um, and I think maybe you can get him back in a week or two. All right, so of all, of all the running backs, he's the one you would drop the most. Uh, Ryan, do you agree with that? I agree. I would also put him at a seven. Carson was losing part of his role even before he was injured. So like Alex Collins was mixing in in the red zone. So I would say you can drop him. All right. And then uh, the last running back, who I didn't put in the notes, but uh, Christian McCaffrey. I'm just kidding. You're not dropping Christian McCaffrey. Uh, all right. Chase Claypool, uh, Steelers wide receiver. Um, been, I mean, I don't I don't know what to make of the Steelers passing game anyway outside of Deontay Johnson. So I don't know if Claypool is droppable regardless. But where are you at on Claypool? No, I'd put him like a two. Don't drop him. If you oh, drop him, okay. I'm going to go get him right away. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Claypool has so much upside this year, especially with Juju gone now. There's so many targets to be had in that Steelers offense, and we know Claypool is very capable. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, Claypool. I, I guess I am surprised Claypool does have 42 targets on the year. I thought it was lower than that, but uh, definitely a disappointing season thus far for Claypool. But uh, you can hang on to him. Uh, a couple of quarterbacks. Um, do you hang on to these guys? Kirk Cousins just missing the one week has been playing very well this season, and then Russell Wilson. Um, are you hanging on to Russell Wilson? Uh, and and are you would you hang? I guess for Wilson, is there any running back or wide receiver that you would drop for him uh, in your IR spot? Like if you if you had multiple players in your IR spot, like are you keeping Wilson over any of those guys? 
No, I think I'm moving on from the quarterbacks. There have been a pretty good amount of solid options this year. You can always do the streaming game, which has proven to work. Uh, so I'm going to move. It's too tough of a week. You don't need two quarterbacks. Move on. Maybe you'll get them back next week or the week after. But Wilson wasn't exactly winning you the league already before he got hurt. Uh, now we got to wait for him to come back. Um, and Cousins probably wasn't even drafted in your league. So, yeah, I, I'm, they're the, going to be the first cuts for me. So like a 10 or something. Yeah, I agree. You can't roster multiple quarterbacks, especially on a bye week like this. So drop either of them. Their quarterbacks, the production's replaceable, like Eric said. Okay, so you would you would keep Michael Thomas before you keep Russell Wilson? Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> okay. Um, so now that you guys said what you said about quarterbacks, let me ask you about the other quarterbacks on bye. Would you drop any of Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, or Dak Prescott? No, because they can carry you to the title <laughs> a little bit easier. So, no, hang on to them. Yeah, they have a weekly positional advantage. So hold hold on to them for sure. I just – I had to ask. I had to, you guys said don't hang on to any quarterbacks. So I had to, I had to clarify which quarterbacks you met. Uh, also, if you still have Trevor Lawrence, please drop him. Um, all right. Uh, lastly, tight ends. I feel like you guys are probably going to say the same thing. Uh, Dawson Knox also broke his hand, so I totally understand if that also is a factor here. Uh, Dalton Schultz and Dawson Knox, is there any reason to hang on to them? I'm holding Dalton Schultz personally. I mean, he's been like a top five tight end. Uh, unless you just literally have to drop him to field a roster in a tight matchup, I'd keep him. Knox, it's a little easier because I think we could have expected some regression anyway and then the injury. I do think I would move on from him unless tight end is just a wasteland in your league. But no, I'm keeping Knox if at all possible. So he's like a three. Uh, Knox wow. is more like a seven. I'm very surprised. Ryan, what about you? Yeah, I agree. You want to hang on to Schultz. There's just so much scarcity at tight end. Like if you drop your guy, you really don't know what you're moving into. And with Knox, I'll say it's possible that he doesn't actually miss that much time. The team seemed fairly optimistic. So you might be holding him out a couple of weeks. It really depends what's out there, though. If you have an if you have a top 12 option sticking around on waivers, then you can drop Knox for him. I'll put yeah, it that way. Definitely. I got Ricky Seals Jones in some leagues with Schultz. Um, I was about to ask if RSJ. Yeah, so he's yeah. one where I mean I, I'm picking him up, but I'm still holding Schultz. Honestly, I just I really like him this year. I think if Knox though, if Ricky Seals Jones was there, I'd probably just move on. Yeah, Schultz is the tight end three, and Knox is the tight end five in uh, PPR leagues. By the way, um, it is kind of bunched up. So obviously, Kelsey and and Mark Andrews are far and away the two best tight ends in PPR, and then between um, Schultz at tight end three and Mike Gesicki at tight end eight, there's a 14 point difference between them. So it's it's pretty bunched up there. But uh, again. Um, tight end eight is still really good. So even if he fell all the way there, you're still very happy with that. So, okay. So I, I, I expect you guys to say, no, you don't need to hang on to the tight ends, but you do hang on to Dalton Schultz and Dawson Knox. All right, let's talk about, uh, news and notes, uh, Wednesday practice time, which means, you know, we get all these reports, uh, except for, I guess the Washington football team didn't want to practice today. I guess they just skipped practice altogether um, because I I saw that Antonio Gibson, Ricky Seals, Jones, Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin all didn't practice. And that just, Obviously, that means the whole team just decided not to practice, right? Yeah, not much left at that point. It's uh, J.D. McKissick leading the way. So I, I think they need this defense to practice more than anything. This defense has been horrible. So uh, I don't know. It's starting to look pretty iffy here on Gibson. I would start making plans for someone other than him this week. All right, so not expecting to play Antonio Gibson. Um, how high does that move J.D. McKissick? Is J.D. McKissick like uh, a guaranteed starter this week if Antonio Gibson uh, does not play? Or, or even if he is quote-unquote playing, but you're just concerned uh, about the number of time, you know, the number of snaps he'll see. 
Yeah, I've got McKissick, uh, RB21, assuming Gibson doesn't play. That's right behind like Alex Collins, James Conner, Devontae Booker. Uh, running back's ugly this week. so But you could make a case for moving him up four or five spots from there. I, I do think McKissick is a really solid play. I mean, as soon as, you know, uh, Gibson got some uh, injury and missed some time last week, uh, 10 targets for McKissick, all, you know, looked like last year. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident with McKissick and probably even if Gibson is playing, we know he's limited. So you can start McKissick as an RB2 this week for sure. Yeah, I agree. I have McKissick RB13 under the assumption that Gibson doesn't play. I mean, the game script should be in his favor. The football team is going to have to throw. There aren't a whole lot of other targets healthy, as we've talked about with Ricky Seals Jones emerging. Um, So yeah, I think he's a solid play as well. Yeah, I mean, we saw what the game script was like last week as uh, Washington played uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, you know, they're coming from behind there. And now they travel to Lambeau. Um, to play against uh, Chicago Bears team owner Aaron Rodgers. So uh, it'll probably be a similar game script uh, for Washington there. Uh, and, and that means a lot of J.D. McKissick. Um, all right. Uh, hopefully, Ricky Seals-Jones practices. I don't think we expect Curtis Samuel to play. And even if he does, don't play him. Uh, Terry McLaurin hopefully is fine. Uh, we talked about Latavius Murray already. Didn't practice uh, after leaving Sunday's game with an ankle injury. Um, Eric mentioned Devontae Freeman as the guy that he would be starting in Baltimore uh, if uh, Latavius Murray is not able to play. If he is able to play, we're not in on Devontae Freeman, right? Uh, no, and I'd probably be worried about playing Murray even on an injury. So they're probably all stayaways if Murray's in. All right. Um, Russell Gage returned to practice on Monday. Uh, obviously struggled heavily when he was healthy at the start of the year. But I mean, also so did everyone in Atlanta. Like Atlanta just, would, just took like a team L for a few weeks there uh, at the start of the year, uh, both literally and also from a fantasy perspective. Um, but he was the wide receiver 36 last year in PBR. Um, Julio is no longer in Atlanta. How, how close of an eye are we keeping on Russell Gage? Are you speculatively adding him anywhere or is it just you're going to keep an eye on him? Yeah, I don't think you probably have the room on your roster this week to speculatively add him, but I've got him on my watch list in just about every league, I think. Uh, we, you know, we saw multiple double-digit target games for him last year. I'd be a little surprised if he just disappears, especially with as limited as his Falcons team is. So uh, eventually they're going to have to stop throwing the ball primarily to the running backs and get something else going. And I do think Gage could have some nice games in him coming up. So keep an eye on him for sure. All right. Uh, T.Y. Hilton did not practice. He's dealing with a quad injury that he suffered on Sunday. If you're curious as to what the Colts would look like without T.Y. Hilton, uh, just see weeks one through five this year. Uh, (laughs) Bruce Arians laughed at the idea of trading Ronald Jones. Um, that means Ronald Jones has already been traded, right? I mean, that, that's the Bruce Arians effect. Uh, but I, it sounds like Ronald Jones is there to stay in Tampa Bay, which means he should not be there to stay on your fantasy rosters anymore. Uh, Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown both didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, Gronk has not been practicing for a while as he's been dealing with like uh, every rib being punctured and cracked and whatever. Uh, Antonio Brown suffered an ankle injury uh, uh, last Thursday in their win over the Eagles, giving him a full 10 days before they have to play again. Do we think Antonio Brown is going to be playing this weekend? Um, I don't know, but if he's playing, I'm playing him. I actually, I mean, I, I wanted him to move him highest to these receivers. They're just feeding him the ball so much. So I don't know. It's hard to tell this far out, but Brown is a must play if he's active. And a week like this, this is a little strategy here, but like in a week like this, like let's say you have Tim Patrick, for example, or uh, I don't know, Donovan Peoples Jones. And, you know, there's not like a lot of replacement options out there. Uh, if Antonio, if you find out on Sunday, Brown can't go, you know, I don't know. You might be picking up like Diami Brown. I, don't, I have no idea uh, who like, would you be a little bit playing it more safe with their Thursday night football matchup and playing someone like Tim Patrick, who has nowhere near the upside of Antonio Brown, but like, 
you also know it won't mean a zero come Sunday? I think Patrick is a good cutoff point. He's been consistent enough that, yes, maybe you do consider Tim Patrick there. Peoples-Jones, I mean, he caught a Hail Mary last week. I'm rolling the dice with Brown, and you will be able to find somebody on waivers. I mean, you could pick up the Buccaneers' third receiver, you know? So um, I, I would – I think, yeah, Tim Patrick's right about the cutoff where you might take those points. Okay. Uh, Ryan, would you start Tim Patrick over Antonio Brown uh, if, if you had to make that choice tomorrow and we don't – and we and let's say Brown doesn't practice tomorrow as well. Yeah, I would go ahead and start Patrick. As Eric said, you know you're at least going to be getting some production from him. You mentioned Diami Brown. I don't think he's the worst desperation play this week <laughs> either. Like you, you were joking about him, but like there, that could absolutely be a situation you're in. So if if maybe that's not the worst thing ever. I should have said Brian Edwards to more accurately reflect <laughs> the desperation level of the waiver wires out there. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Tony, and Kenny Galladay all did not practice. Uh, Darius Slayton did. And then obviously Sterling Shepard came back last week and uh, had apparently what is the new Sterling Shepard normal. Um, what do we do with the Giants? Is there any, I don't, I don't even know what the question is here. The Giants go. Uh, Sterling Shepard, wide receiver 17 this week. Fire him up. Uh, we've got wide receiver finishes of wide receiver 8, 21, and 19 in his uh, full games this year. So, uh, yep, Shepard, he's getting the volume, 14 targets last week, stardom, and probably run away from everyone else. Devontae Booker, you know, he's fine. Uh, will you play Saquon Barkley if he's uh, playing this weekend? Yeah, if he's active, I'll play him. Yeah, I don't think you have much choice. If he's active, that's like a gift, so... <laughs> Yeah, I just realized you guys both have Devontae Booker and you're late teens. So, yes, <laughs> you're playing any healthy running back this week, clearly. Um, all right, we have to talk about San Francisco, and we did already when we talked about Brandon Ayuk. So if you want to hear uh, about what the effect of uh, Trey Lance not being healthy and Jimmy G being healthy, um, go back up to the start of the show and listen to Eric talking about why he's foolishly choosing to start Brandon Ayuk this week. Um, long story short, passing game better, uh, I guess. That's I mean, you know, It's Jimmy G, so... Still temper your expectations. Uh, lightning round of limited practice. Do we care? Uh, Travis Kelsey was limited. Do we care? No, he's fine. No. Chase Chase Edmonds was limited, and and his his uh, role has become a little bit more limited uh, these past few weeks. Uh, Ryan, as the Chase Edmonds truther, uh, what does this mean? We definitely care. We want to monitor his activity, but I would say that his reduced role has been a consequence of his injury so if he gets to full practices later this week then i'd get be pretty excited to fire him up all right and then julio jones didn't practice but in julio jones terms that translates to limited it's wednesday it's basically the same thing uh other than making like the catch of the year uh uh this earlier this week what do, what are we doing with julio jones um you know are, are you trusting him this week no, I am not. I watched that game and wrote up half of it for what we saw with Ben Brown. Um, he, no, he, I mean, he left the game with a hamstring injury, missed like a crucial drive or two um, when they needed him. So I am not trusting Julio for quite some time until we can see him play a full game. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's looking like the Falcons uh, era towards the end, only much worse with a worse passing game in Tennessee. Okay, but that catch was pretty incredible. That catch was uh, awesome. I, I, I didn't even know. I, I saw the highlight and I saw the title first. So I was expecting like, I don't know, like a David Tyree helmet catch or something like that, which I mean, it kind of was because it bounced off someone's helmet. Um, and then when Ryan Tannehill threw the ball, I was like, oh, that's not a that's not a good throw. Julio was about to do something magical. And it was even even wilder than my wildest dreams and not in a good way. <laughs> not in a good way. But good job, Julio. Uh, all right. If you have to stream someone this week, 
which you do, uh, because that's the position we're in this week. Ryan, who are we streaming at quarterback, tight end, and defense? Oh, man. Yeah, it's not pretty this week. I won't lie. So if these don't work out, it's not my fault. Don't get mad at me. Uh, at quarterback, I'm going with Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, he's available in 56% of Yahoo leagues. Miami is actually second in the league in first down pass rate when the game is within one score. So it seems like the Dolphins should be throwing early and often against the Falcons. It's a home game. I really like this game environment for him. He had three rushing attempts last week, so it seems like he's pretty healthy and ready to go. So I have Tua inside my top 12 this week based on matchup. All right. I mean, it's, I mean, it is Atlanta. So that, that, that definitely helps. Um, at tight end, what do you have? Yeah, at tight end, I'm copping out and saying the same guy that I did last week. Ricky Seals-Jones, still available in 56% of leagues. There's really no other alternative to give you. He played every single snap. He had a 15% target share. He caught a touchdown on a broken play. Uh, He is running a ton of routes. The matchup isn't as juicy as it was against the Chiefs last week, but still have him as a top 12 tight end. There's just not a whole lot of alternatives with all these buys we have. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the 44% of leagues that he's rostered in are all of the leagues that I'm in because I, I did not know Ricky Seals-Jones was so available because he's not in any of my leagues. I just assumed everyone else got in on the game. But yeah, Ricky Seals-Jones is a is a good good choice there. I like it. Uh, and then what about defense? Yeah, so defense, it is very rough this week. I will not lie. It seems like pretty much every good team is playing a bad team. So there's not a lot of viable streamers going. But we have the Las Vegas Raiders. They are home favorites by three points. They've been respectable as a fantasy defense against everyone they've played besides the Chargers. And they've had at least two sacks in every game. So against Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts has looked good for fantasy, obviously, but he's prone to mistakes. There could be a little bit of upside here. And the Eagles offensive line, as we know, is not the best. So I'll go with Vegas because there aren't that many other great options. Yeah, I mean, we I, we do give you the uh, 50% roster ship cutoff, but there are uh, a few defenses that might be available in leagues, uh, shallower leagues, or, or, you know, maybe you're just uh, lucky. Um, how many of these defenses would you rather have over Las Vegas? Um, these are all 75% roster or less. We'll start with the uh, New Orleans Saints against Seattle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd play the Saints. All right, Carolina against the Giants. Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. Uh, Green Bay against Washington. Green Bay. I'll take Green Bay at home. Uh, San Fran against Indianapolis. Um, that's getting pretty close. I'll, you know what? I'll take the Raiders. I think there'll be more sacks. Well, no, it's Carson Wentz though. These are they're, they're tied. They're tied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would just give a slight edge to the Raiders. All right, and then finally, uh, Cleveland uh, uh, over Den- uh, against Denver. Sorry. I'm kind of staying away from this Browns team, so I'd almost rather play the Raiders this week. I think I'd go Cleveland just because I think this game is going to be really ugly and low scoring. But okay, but all all of those options uh, were were decent ones, right? None, none of those options are teams that you're staying away from this week, right? Yeah, they all sound pretty good to me. I just like the okay. Raiders. I do like that call because the Eagles are going to throw it a lot. Hertz is going to get sacked. Like I, I like that call there. So these are all good starts, though. I think they're all defense 13 or higher for the most part okay cool so we're just going to skip the defense segment at the end of the show because we just did it here uh new orleans carolina green bay san francisco cleveland and vegas are all teams that are 75 percent roster or less that uh these guys would feel good about streaming so hopefully if you're in need of a of a, a team to start 
Um, like I was in a bunch of my leagues when I had Minnesota last week, had to replace them. Uh, this is a team. These are teams you want to go with. Uh, also just real quick. Um, we usually do a segment on, uh, defenses that you're sitting this week that none, correct? There's no, it's, it's week seven. We're just start whoever you got. Yeah. I don't see any of the good defenses with bad matchups this week. So I think you're pretty much starting them if you're on, they're on your roster. Yeah, I agree play literally all of them even the bills on by if you don't need to drop them in order to feel the lineup this week i don't hate holding on to them they have three really good matchups coming up after the buy and then and they've been great so far yeah um they've had three matchups with over 17 fantasy points and then they've got miami jacksonville and the jets after the buy and also then indianapolis new uh, new orleans and new england i mean those aren't those aren't juicy but they're also you don't have any there's no like kansas city no. Um, by the way, if anyone in your league drops Buffalo, go pick them up. Actually, I think is the is the thing here. Um, all right, uh, let's talk about running backs. Um, actually, real quick, we got to talk about Denver, Cleveland. Um, I know we're getting late in the show, but you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in Week Seven. A lot of, a lot of stuff we have to cover. Um, so, just a reminder: all of our sit start recommendations are for 12 team PPR leagues. Just keep that in mind. Um, so, for Denver, Cleveland, just what what do we what do we do with about Cleveland? Uh, Baker Mayfield's out. Case Keenum is the starting quarterback. Chubb and Hunt are out. Dearness Johnson's the starter. You can also start Demetric Felton at running back. Um, what we're not starting Case Keenum, but what, what does he mean for the rest of the team? I mean, I'll be honest. Other than Dearness Johnson, I don't want to start anyone on Cleveland this week. Okay. I mean, that's an the- easier answer. Yeah, and I mean, they also have banged up offensive line. I do think Case Keenum's better for this offense than Baker Mayfield trying to gut it out and, you know, just having to throw all screens with him or whatever. But um, it's still not a good situation against a solid defense. So start Dearness, even tight end. Like, you would think that this would be a good game for tight ends, but they keep flip-flopping Austin Hooper and David Njoku. One will have a week, one will disappear, and you can't predict it. So it's just Johnson for me. The rest are sitting on my bench. All right. Uh, you, you wouldn't not a not a uh, desperation play for Demetric Felton at running back. No, I think the reports I've seen is that he's still pretty much a receiver. Uh, they brought up John Kelly to be the backup, and I, I just you know I could see him getting some more gadget plays, some more sweeps, and you know jet sweeps and stuff like that. But he doesn't seem like he's going to be uh, like the Kareem Hunt to to Tiernis Johnson's Nick Chubb. I, I don't think that's <laughs> coming. Man, talk about talk about discount. Chubb Hunt there. Uh, what about all right? What about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. or Jarvis Landry? If either of them are healthy, uh, are you playing them? Well, um, like I said, I really do not want to. Um, I ranked Odell Beckham like he was playing, um, and I have him about wide receiver thirty-five. But I just I think there's enough re-injury concern. There's enough just ugly game script concern that I'm looking for other options. I put Ayuk one spot ahead of him. So that was kind of where I drew the line. So I don't want to start Beckham. Landry, I mean, I don't even really know how much we can expect from him this game. Uh, but I do think we know that it's not a lot of upside. So even if he does play, you're probably not looking at much more than like a Jacoby Myers type game anyway. So I don't know. This is a tough week. Maybe you lock in those eight to 10 points from Landry, but I just don't see much upside to chase here coupled with maybe a re-injury concern. Okay. Don't, don't play the Browns uh, other than Dearness Johnson, who, by the way, just, just in case people are wondering, cause you just picked him up and uh, you know, you, you're like, I don't, I don't really know how good this guy is. Um, uh, Eric has him ranked 17th and Ryan has him ranked 19th. So yeah, you're, you're probably starting Dearness Johnson this week. If you added him again, most added player on Yahoo uh this week uh on the denver side they're at full health um there's a couple of uh players Noah Fant, uh teddy bridgewater who are limited in practice earlier this week 
Um, they're both going to be playing. The only player who's not playing is still Jerry Judy. Sounds like he's still a couple weeks, uh, a week or two away. So um, we'll start with the running backs. Um, you know, are you starting Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams? So I really don't want to. Um, this Browns defense has been really good against running backs from a fantasy perspective. They've given up the second fewest yards um, or points, excuse me, fantasy points. So um, I have Javante. I moved him ahead for the first time this week of Melvin Gordon. Um, he's catching three passes every game. He's showing an explosive play each game. I think there's more upside here with Javante, but the split is just so strong. I mean, you know, Javante's topped out at 13 fantasy points this year. Uh, Melvin Gordon, you take out that long touchdown week one, he's topped out at 15. You're just looking at eight to 10 points out of these guys. So I'm looking for better options. It's a tough matchup. I like the passing game here in Denver, which is weird to say with Teddy Bridgewater all banged up, but I like the receivers better than I do the running backs here. I will say that it might be harder than you think to find eight to 10 points out of a running back this week. So I can definitely understand starting either Gordon or Williams. I have both of them, both of them as top 25 at the position. Yeah, I have 22 and 24 for them. So, yeah, I, I do agree with you. But if you've got maybe a flex decision, I'd rather probably go with the receiver in most, chain, uh, most decisions. Okay. Um, and then with the wide receivers, I mean, Cortland Sutton, uh, probably feeling pretty good about. Um, Tim Patrick, you can start. We talked about him as, like, the kind of inflection point of you can start Patrick over Antonio Brown, uh, but not really anyone uh, below him. Um, does that sound about fair? Yeah, and I just want to say that's injury-related on Brown in case someone just started listening and thinks we're crazy. So that's the only reason we would start uh, Tim Patrick over him. But yeah, uh, Cortland Sutton, I mean, 14 targets last week. Um, he's had three games over 10 targets so far this year. Uh, I, he's pretty locked in, so I'm feeling real good about Sutton. He's my wide receiver 18. And then, um, like we said about Patrick, I've got him at wide receiver 33. So right in that A.J. Green, Brandon Ayuk, Odell Beckham type range. Uh, if in case you just tuned in and you're like, wow, Brandon Ayuk, that's really low. Eric is surprisingly high on Brandon Ayuk this week. Uh, <laughs> but the other other guys in that range, Corey Davis, Henry Ruggs. So, um, yeah, that that's the that's the, it's just, you know, it's a Thursday decision. Right. And it's tough. In some weeks you can sit here and go, well, I'm going to play a little bit more aggressively and wait and hope Antonio Brown's healthy um, or someone else. Uh, I don't know. Other wide receivers that, you know, Terry McLaurin, who you know didn't practice um, Well, you're playing McLaurin over. <laughs> you're not you're not waiting on McLaurin, but the point being is is uh, this week you might want to be a little bit more conservative because uh, check your waiver wire and if any of the wide receivers looking back at you uh, make you want to throw your phone into the nearest river, just start Tim Patrick and then don't worry about that on Sunday. Um, all right, that's Thursday night football. I will not be watching it. It doesn't seem like a fun game to watch. I'll be watching the Dodgers instead. I just uh, I don't want to watch the Browns uh, practice squad play against uh, the Denver Broncos, who also haven't been playing well lately. So yeah, uh, let's talk about running backs. Um, usually we talk about most added. I just want to say, you know, in this week where there's so few players that you want to start, let's just let's just get these guys out of the way first, and just how many running backs in this week. Like what point in your rankings did you get before you started like really like audibly groaning as you were ranking players? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mentioned Devontae Freeman as a, a possible start if Latavius Murray is out. He's at running back 28. I think that's right where it starts. Um, right above him is Damian Williams and Cleo Herbert, which we don't know about Damian Williams' status yet. Um, I think that's where the mess begins right there at about RB26. Miles Gaskin, I don't like starting him, but I think you can at least squint and see a good game against Atlanta. So I think outside of the top 25 is when it just falls off a cliff at running back. Okay, uh, Ryan, at what point were you really just not feeling it at running back? 
Yeah, I have Michael Carter at RB29, and that's about where I'm like, uh, I don't think this is going to work out very well. This is by far the highest I've had him ranked. I mean, he was taking over some more of the work before the bye, and rookies tend to see a bit of a bump coming out of the bye. So even in a matchup against the Patriots, I can understand starting Carter. But after that, yeah, we're looking at A.J. Dillon, Kenneth Gainwell. I don't really want to start those guys. I, you guys both are uh, have far stronger stomachs than I do because I'm looking at your rankings. I'm looking at like Alex Collins at 20 for you, Eric, Miles Sanders, um, Miles Gaskin at 25, 27 for you, Ryan. I mean, even like the fact that you guys, <laughs> Darnish Johnson at 17 and 19 just makes me, I'm just, you know, I mean, James Conner is in both of your top 24. So there's, I think for me, it was an earlier a moment, but um, like, all right, just real, real simple. If you have any of these guys, you're starting them. Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor. I can skip. I mean, obviously, Daryl Henderson Jr., Swift, Mixon, Daryl Williams is an automatic start. Corderell Patterson is an automatic start. Leonard Fournette is not. Leonard Fournette is RB7 for you, Eric. Before the season, we weren't even sure if Leonard Fournette was going to end the year as the RB7 in Tampa Bay. Uh, it's just, you never know. Uh, uh, Hubbard. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, Chase Edmonds, Josh Jacobs, uh, Elijah Mitchell. You're going back to that San Francisco well, huh, guys? Uh, Damian Harris, Mike Davis, uh, James Conner. I mean, stop me when we start getting to a guy that like I might actually have to think about. Uh, J.D. McKissick, Devontae Booker, uh, Alex Collins, Miles Sanders. Please stop me. Miles Sanders. <laughs> it gets a little scary, Miles Sanders. I will say Alex Collins, the injury news isn't sounding super great right now, so um, he could be scary as well. But, yeah, I think once you get to that Miles Sanders and below range, that's when you start questioning uh, the decisions you made a few weeks ago leading up to this bye week. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, at this point, if they're leading the team in snaps and you need an RB2, it's, it's probably the best you can do right now. I'll let's, put it this talk- way. Mm-hmm. I th- I think that whoever starts in Seattle is the RB18. I don't care if it's Alex <laughs> Collins. I don't care if it's DJ Dallas. It, Travis Homer, maybe. That's a guy that's in the building. Whoever is the starter is the RB18 for me this week. I'll, so. I'll tell you, I was getting excited about DJ Dallas as far as, uh, you know, r- running back 30 or so goes. And then I remember that Rashad Penny may be coming off IR. So um, there are some encouraging things from DJ Dallas, especially Geno Smith, the quarterback. He's going to check it down a lot. Um, he's got seven catches over the last two weeks combined. DJ Dallas kind of has that third down role, but then there's just, you know, Rashad Penny's there to muddle it up. So I, I don't know if you, if DJ Dallas was a starting running back, I, I agree with you. He's, he's right up there at RB 18 or 20. Yeah. So I was, I was actually about to ask about Rashad Penny because um, when, when I saw your notes, uh, Ryan, about whatever healthy Seahawks running back there is, you're starting them. Uh, I was like, Oh, interesting. It's Collins or, or Penny. And then you didn't even mention Rashad Penny in that list. So let me just ask, uh, if if they're all healthy, Collins, Penny, Dallas, Homer, um, Collins is a top 20 running back for each of you, um, and, and you're sticking with that. But what if, if Collins is out and Penny and Dallas are both, you know, available to play, um, do, do you start either of them? And if so, which one do you start? I think it's Penny. And the reason for that is draft capital, which sounds really weak given it was like four years ago that Rashad Penny was drafted. But we've seen him step into this role before and find some modicum of success in certain games in a spot here or there. So I would feel more confident about Penny. But really, whoever they say Sunday morning is going to carry the load, I would just throw him in. Yeah. For me, I'm kind of intrigued by DJ Dallas just because, like I said, he he seemed to be taking over the third down role. Saw almost 34% of the snaps last week, and that's when he saw a 16% target share um, against the Steelers. And they play the Saints this week. It's going to be really hard to run on them. So 
Um, it almost feels, you know, Penny's messing it up, but I, I do feel like DJ Dallas could be in for a five or six catch game if they just can't run the ball on the Saints team. So uh, we're probably going to get all of them active because that's the way this week is going. And uh, it's going to be a mess no matter who you pick. But um, I kind of like Dallas here as a pass catcher. Okay. Um, let's. Uh, so we made it to about RB23. We got to Miles Sanders starting to like have actual decisions to make anyone above them. It's just an auto start in this week. Um, let's move to the most added running backs real quick just because – you just added this guy. He's on your roster. Are you starting him? So Dearness Johnson, yes. Rashad Penny, if Alex Collins is not playing, uh, I mean, I guess read the, read the news on Sunday, but if it sounds like Penny's going to be the lead back, you guys are both in on Penny. Um, J.D. McKissick was in the auto start section. Uh, Demetric Felton is definitely don't start. Um, just, don't, just don't do it. You can do better. Um, Kenyon, Kenyon Drake. Why is Kenyon Drake the fifth most added running back in, in Yahoo this week? Like, are we – we're not starting Kenyon Drake, right? He scored two touchdowns that last week. That's why he's there. You look at these, you sort by points on Yahoo and he's going to come up for having a good week last week. So no, I mean, he's still, um, he played 21.5% of the snaps last week. So the usage just isn't there. Don't start Drake. He scored two touchdowns on six touches. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting, That's okay. tough miles. Uh, you know, you got to have somebody on your bench. I, I don't have to have Kenny and Drake on my bench. Uh, Eli Mitchell, uh, uh, also in the auto start section for us. I think you guys both have Eli Mitchell's top 15 running backs this week, right? Uh, Ryan just outside the top 15. Uh, and then finally, Ramondre Stevenson. So this one's really interesting. Stevenson showed quite a bit um, against the Cowboys, had that uh, pass catching role. Um, you know, was getting a good number of uh, between the tackles uh, carries as well. Ryan, resident Patriots expert. What, is Bill Belichick going to break our heart again? What are we doing with Ramondre? He will probably break your heart no matter what you do. So just be prepared for that. Ramondre, I thought, looked good. I mean, I've had friends all week telling me I told you so on Ramondre because I've been pretty anti-Ramondre Stevenson this whole year. But I agree he looked good. He had the role in the passing game, as you said. Harris was still leading the way. So I would expect that to continue. But easily another fumble could completely flip this backfield on his head. Yeah, that this is by far the most uh the backfield most susceptible to just like who fumbled last. Okay, you're not playing for like four weeks. Uh but yeah, I mean Ramondre Stevenson, so we're not starting him this week. Um, uh, but is he indeed worth that that add and, and leave on the bench uh you know spot? I would say so. I mean, obviously depends on the state that your starting lineup is in. Worry about that first this week, but I True. he's one of the better stashes, I would say. Yeah, and he played 33% of the snaps last week. We finally saw Brandon Bolden drop down to 20%. He's a special teamer. I think they put him in there out of desperation for a few weeks, but he's a special teamer. So I do think there's a window here for Stevenson. And even this week, I mean, you don't want to start him, but I've got him RB31 against the Jets. Like, you know, they both, both of the Pats running backs looks good last week against the Cowboys. He could fall into the end zone against the Jets in a blowout. So if you're like super desperation mode, you could plug him in and hope for, uh, you know, a touchdown. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, this this game could easily be a 30-point blowout, and this is a Patriots team that doesn't score that many points in the game usually, um, but they almost did against us, so I, I guess it's doable against bad enough defenses. Um, let's talk about, real quick, uh, you mentioned Damien Williams and Khalil Herbert earlier, uh, Eric. Uh, Damien Williams obviously missed last week uh, as he was on the COVID uh, IR list. Damien Williams did test positive for COVID on October 14th. Um, their game is on October 24th. So it's a full 10 days from when he tested positive. Obviously we have no reporting or anything like that on like, if he, you know, actually got sick and how he's dealing with that versus like, was it just 
you know, a, a positive test and he, and he hasn't felt it. So um, keep a close eye on Damian Williams. Um, Eric, you have them ranked back to back at 26 and 27. Uh, Ryan, you have Damian Williams at RB 20 and Khalil Herbert at RB 30. Uh, is this with them both healthy in mind? Like where are you on, on uh, Herbert if healthy, if sorry, if Damian Williams is healthy? Yeah. So then it was kind of a cop out waiting for more information to be honest, but um, I would be really down on Herbert if Williams plays because it's against Tampa Bay. Teams have just given up running the ball on Tampa Bay. So we could expect Damian Williams to have the passing game role, Khalil Herbert to be sacrificed to the between the tackles runs, and that's not going to be good. So <laughs> um, if Williams sits, I mean, then Herbert, I mean, he saw 89% of the snaps last week. Um, he had a 12% target share without Damian Williams. Now it's only three targets in their low volume passing game, but um, he's a pretty strong play if Damian Williams is out, but we just have no idea right now. So, but if they're both active, give me Williams pretty easily because it just fits this game script against the Bucks a lot better. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it's, is it safe to say if Williams is healthy, we're just don't start Herbert. Yeah, I, I would not be starting. Okay. Um, now some more, you know, as we get into more like that gut check decision, you know, point for, uh, running backs, uh, you know, we were getting to Miles Sanders, um, obviously the Denver guys, uh, against Cleveland, Miles Gaskin, uh, Michael Carter, who you both have ranked at RB 29, um, you know, even, even getting down into like Naeem Hines and AJ Dillon. Uh, just make a case. Which of these guys are you? Uh, obviously, I know how you rank them, but is there anyone in particular that you, you know, are more excited about starting or, or more interested than you thought you would be heading into rankings? Yeah, I mean, I would say two halfway decent upside desperation plays are AJ Dillon and Sony Michelle. Actually, um, both good matchups. Dillon plays against Washington. We've seen Dillon's role increase anyway. Um, he's a talented player, good offense. And, you know, he had 11 carries for 59 yards last week, and he'll score a touchdown from time to time. So I think he could do worse than Dylan this week. And then Sony Michelle, I mean, the Lions are getting destroyed. Um, the Bengals routed them last week. They've given up the second most PPR points to running backs. So I know it's not a lot of volume from Michelle, 11 and nine carries each of the last two weeks, but um, it, the, he could certainly score a touchdown for you, get some work in garbage time. So those are the two I'm looking at if you're pretty desperate. They may not be on waivers for you, but um, if you've been sitting them on, on them all last year and you don't want to break up your roster, I think you can put them in at RB2 Reflex. Yeah, I would agree on A.J. Dillon. I think there's a very good chance that the game script there ends up with him just dealing with garbage time. Uh, so he's a decent play. Other than that, I guess you can play Mark Ingram if you really need to. That's, he's my RB 39. So if you're really decimated at your RB two spot, I can understand it. Like he will get touches. Can't guarantee much more beyond that though. Yeah. Ing and Ingram is probably available on your waiver wire. Um, so Ingram, someone that you could pick up Devonte Freeman as well. I think Freeman was like the eighth or ninth most added running back. So he's definitely still available in uh, a lot of leagues. Um, some other players, by the way, that you guys have ranked high, uh, way higher than consensus. Um, Ryan, you have Latavius Murray at RB26. I know we talked earlier about if they're all healthy. Eric said that's more of a stay away. Um, if they're all healthy, are you uh, in on Latavius Murray to play this week? Yeah, it seems like the times that he's coming out of the game are because he gets banged up. It seems like he's getting the first crack, especially in the red zone. So I think Murray is like a fringe flex play. Okay. Um, cool. Let's move on over to wide receiver. Um, again, another week of, of there's a lot of no brainers, I think, and just, just don't question it. Um, probably how, how many, how many no brain, no brainer starters do you think you have here, Eric? 
Um, are we talking just receiver or also like flex plays? How deep do you want to go here? Um, uh, we'll just let's let's split the difference. Two wide receiver leagues with a with a flex position. So just I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel pretty good all the way down. I mean, I know we've talked about him, but Tim Patrick at wide receiver 33, um, right above him, A.J. Green, Henry Ruggs, Corey Davis, a few guys with some actual upside. Once you get past Tim Patrick, though, it's Ayuk. I know I said I'm starting Ayuk, but it's a tough week. Um, but that's right about my cutoff, because after that, it's OBJ, Renfro, Robbie Anderson, Tyler Boyd. It starts getting scary. So I think there's about 33 receivers you can feel relatively comfortable with. Ryan, how many? Yeah, how many receivers for you? I'll go with 29, and it's pretty close to the same range. My last guy that I'm happy to start is Rashad Bateman. So if that gives you an idea, guys like uh, Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, Jamison Crowder, who we get into after that. So all set with them, but excited to see what Bateman can do. Yeah, I've got him I a lot to, lower. I'm, I'm I was going to say, let's do a quick, quick rankings disputes here. Um, Eric, you have Rashad Bateman at 44. Uh, Ryan at 29. Um, I think we all know what the case against Rashad Bateman is. So I don't, Eric, I don't think you need to make it too hard. Um, Ravens passing game isn't a high volume. And Rashad Bateman in his first game back was tepid at best. Um, so, Ryan, why are you why are you confident firing him up here against Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, he saw six targets, but he also only played, I believe, around 45% of the snaps. So if he's going to continue playing more snaps and – I mean, the head coach was talking about him very positively after the game as well. It seems like they're ready to get him more involved. So he's really taken over the Sammy Watkins role in that offense. And I think he's a lot better than Sammy Watkins is. So he's in a week like this. I feel pretty decent just because I know he's going to get target volume. Yeah. So looking at the snap counts last week, Rashad Bateman played the second most snaps for a wide receiver. There were only six snaps where Hollywood Brown was on the field and Rashad Bateman wasn't. Um, and then again, Devin Duvernay was on, on the field for 34 snaps. I, I mean, I don't know other than the fact that there was a complete blowout of the chargers, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, you know, Eric, do you think there's a lot, a lot more room for Rashad Bateman to get more snaps than, than the 45 that he had last week? Well, so, I mean, you see that the top tar- or snap share is at 74%. Uh, they had the lead and they were just pounding the ball. So they didn't even need receivers for a good part. So I think it is a good point. If it's not a blowout like this, um, he's still got six targets and an absolute blowout. That's encouraging. So I would not be trusting him this week. <laughs> There's a lot of, you know, room for optimism, but um, I just would, I wouldn't trust him here, but the Bengals probably will put up more of a fight. <laughs> I mean, it, Okay, I'm laughing because it's the Bengals, but but anyone could put up more of a fight than the Chargers did last week. So at least at least give you that. Did you think well, maybe the Chargers thought that the their bye week was last week? Is, is that were they off by one week? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, sticking with rankings disputes, um, Eric, you talked about why you don't want to start Tyler Boyd this week. Ryan, you have Tyler Boyd at wide receiver 21. Um, why why do you think we should be starting Tyler Boyd? Oh, man. Again, it's not that I'm crazy excited to like I have him ranked between Allen Robinson and DK Metcalf with Geno Smith throwing to him. So I'm not excited to, but I at least know that he's going to be on the field. The target volume has been down as of late, but the game script might be pretty favorable here. They might have to throw a little more against the Ravens because their offense has been cooking pretty well. So I am okay starting Boyd. There's really just nobody else to. That's really what it comes down to. All right, and then um, let's go flip side. Uh, Eric, you have Michael Pittman Jr. ranked at 24. Ryan, you have him at 41. Um, Eric, uh, why are you in on on Pittman, uh, uh, you know, playing him as a wide receiver too? 
Yeah. So, I mean, his, his target volume was really good before last week. And, you know, that was with T.Y. Hilton back. That was against a Texans team that they just didn't need to pass a ton on. Um, but Hilton's already on the injury report again after one week back. And before last week, I mean, Pittman, seven targets, eight targets, 12 targets, 12 targets. There's just a lot of volume there. San Francisco's like kind of middle of the pack, giving up points to wide receivers this year. They've had some secondary injuries. Um, I don't think they've had the toughest schedule for passing games anyway. So I think they can put up some points. Um, Wentz looked a lot better recently. I do think that offense is, you know, on the up a little bit. So a little less Jonathan Taylor this week, a little more passing. Uh, I think Pittman could have a nice week. Uh, Ryan, you know, you're, you're way down on Pittman. Uh, 41. I mean, you know, he's, he's playing pretty well. Why, why are you sitting Michael Pittman? Yeah, I had him down assuming that T.Y. Hilton was going to play. I would actually put him way more up into the 20s now. And I know that sounds like a cop-out answer, but it's really discouraging when you see a guy like Pittman commanding targets when there's no other real target competition. And as soon as dusty T.Y. Hilton comes back, all he can manage is three. So that I was kind of like super mad, like Michael Pittman, get down there. <laughs> Clearly, you aren't a real player in the league. Clearly, you're a pretender. But at this point, with Hilton trending toward not playing, then yeah, with especially with the depth of the position, he's a start for me now. You're like, I'll show you, Frank Reich. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> rank Pittman all the way down at 41. See how you like it. Uh, also, I mean, I'll, I always also say this: the the Colts had maybe the other the bigger blowout uh, between the Ravens and themselves as they beat the Texans 31 to three. Um, and unlike playing against the Chargers, the Texans aren't capable of scoring uh, 28 more points in a game. So I don't think there's ever any concern uh, about, you know, being able to take your foot off the gas pedal. Um, then again, Michael Pittman played 96% of the snaps. So, you know, they made him go out there anyway. Um, all right. So let's talk about the most added wide receivers uh, this week, guys that, you know, everyone's picking up uh, number one, Sterling Shepard. We shouldn't have dropped him. Uh, just, just just keep Sterling Shepard the rest of the season. Uh, Jalen Waddle is the second most added wide receiver. Uh, Jalen, are you firing up Jalen Waddle and playing him this week against Atlanta? Yeah, it's a good matchup. He had a couple bad weeks, but he's got a couple 12 target weeks around those. There's just enough upside, enough injuries in the Dolphins receiving core. I'm definitely playing Waddle. Um, he is my wide receiver 21 this week, so fire him up. Ryan, what about you? Yeah, he's my wide receiver, 27. I'm excited about him. He's shown the ability to command targets. Finally, we got the touchdowns coming. I was very mad that the Jalen Waddle breakout game came in an island game in London and that I couldn't play him on the main slate in DraftKings. I, that was just something that made me really angry. But play, play him in your seasonal lineups this week. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, everyone's down on the Dolphins, rightfully so, for losing to Jacksonville. But Tua like Tua had some a couple really bad passes, but overall he looked pretty good and moved the offense. So I, I think this is a good spot for Waddle. We'll see what happens once Fuller and Parker get back, but it, it's good for right now. All right, then we got a couple of Arizona wide receivers, AJ Green and Christian Kirk. We mentioned Green's name has come up a handful of times on this podcast. Um, uh, do you guys both feel good about playing AJ Green and Christian Kirk? Yeah, I mean at some point, like we can't predict necessarily these Cardinals receivers, but the upsides here. Um, AJ Green's had a touchdown every other week. You know, he's getting six targets a game. Uh, you know, they, they just, there's too much upside for Green and Kirk to just completely bench him in a nice matchup. So um, I don't know if it's going to be the week or not for them, but play them. It's, it's worth chasing. Yeah, I agree. They're my wide receiver 35 and 36. Play either of them if you have them with how the buys are shaking out this week. 
Okay. Um. Yeah. Some other guys. Uh. uh in between there, that that uh, Eric, you have uh, ranked lower. Jamison Crowder. Uh. Is someone that uh, Ryan you would play over the Cardinals guys. Um. Why Why wouldn't you play Crowder over the? Uh. Actually, Eric, you're the one closer to consensus. So never mind. Ryan, you have to defend why you'd play Crowder. Uh. Over Kirk and Green. Yeah, I mean, really, the thesis here, again, is the post-buy rookie bump. We could see Zach Wilson come out and play a lot better. That is a possibility. And Crowder's been commanding targets as soon as he came back. So he's someone that I feel is a safer play. I know he's going to get the targets, and the Jets will probably be down, hoping as a Pats fan, the Jets will be down. (laughs) So I would play him over the Cardinals guys, but both of the Cardinals receivers probably have more upside than Crowder. Okay. Um, also added a lot this week, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, we talked about him a lot. If uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry are out, uh, and we think Case Keenum's a better uh, passer than Baker Mayfield with one arm. Or uh, May- Baker Mayfield, period. I don't know. Case Keenum was like pretty decent last time he was a starter. Uh, uh, do we start Donovan Peoples-Jones? Um, keep in mind, the teams that are adding Donovan Peoples-Jones probably aren't flush at wide receiver. <laughs> You don't think so? Um, uh, maybe no, so not. I, I do think that Baker Mayfield is significantly better than Keenum, so I'm not going to stand by for that, and I don't even like Baker <laughs> much. But, um, no, I'm not real excited on Peoples-Jones. I mean, he caught a Hail Mary touchdown. He only saw five targets. Far from an ideal situation this week, even if all the receivers are out. So I'm benching Peoples-Jones. He's, he's really not even on my radar, honestly. He's a, he's a big play threat. Yeah, Um Literally, the three rankings of Donovan Peoples-Jones are Eric has him at 61st, uh, Ryan has him at 57th, and uh, consensus rankings have him at 60. So just yeah, there's guys ahead of him. Van Jefferson, for example, who's definitely on your waiver wire. Brian Edwards, who's definitely on your waiver wire, um, are, are ahead of both those guys, at least for Eric and consensus. Um, yeah. Ryan is the low man on Brian Edwards. How does that feel, Ryan? <laughs> I, I guess that's where I'm at at this point. I don't, I don't know uh, what else to do. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar probably available. Zach Pascal probably available. All these guys are are ranked higher than Donovan Peoples Jones. Not saying go out and add Zach Pascal and start him. I'm just saying that's how far down Donovan Peoples Jones is. So um, to the uh, you know what are we looking at? Ninety thousand people who added him. You can probably do better. Um, lastly, Henry Ruggs uh, was the I think seventh most added wide receiver. Um, I mean he's having. Uh, an excellent year uh, you know someone highlighted him on twitter yesterday and i went and looked at the stats and he is um here's the thing catch rate pretty much the same uh yards per reception yards per, uh, per target pretty much the same um average depth of target pretty much the same the only difference is he has 32 targets in six games so far this year and he had 43 targets through 13 last year so rugs is being targeted at a much higher rate eric is this for real do we need to be starting henry rugs He's my wide receiver 31. It's it's still not great. I mean, it's seven combined targets over the last two weeks. Like there's going to be booms and busts for sure, but we've at least seen the busts this year. We're seeing deep touchdowns. That's all we ever wanted to see last year was just get him on the field, um, play him, throw him the ball deep. We're going to see big plays out of him. So he's had three spike weeks where, you know, he topped 10 PPR points and that's what we're hoping for this week. So that makes him a startable player, but the floor is still pretty low on him. Um, he's got a three target game, four target game, five target game. So we're not looking at a defendable player, but there's some splash plays that could uh, put you over the top this week. Yeah. His snap count's pretty much identical to last season. Um, 69% uh, snap share this year, 67% last year. So he's not on the field a lot more. It's just, <laughs> uh, again, the the targets have, have absolutely skyrocketed from 
uh, about three and a half per game to about five and a half per game. So um, again, you know, five and a half is not great, but you know, we're talking bottom end of your startable wide receivers. Uh, you you got uh, big play potential. Clearly, Henry Ruggs, startable wide receiver. Um, go you know ahead, Eric. Leads, you know who led the Raiders in snaps last week? Who led the Raiders in snaps last week? Ryan Edwards. Oh, do we should we starting Brian Edwards over Henry Ruggs? Yeah, go for it. No, no, <laughs> I'm starting Ruggs. But Edwards did have 77 percent of the snaps. I thought that was interesting. Uh, all right. So, um, wide receiver. You know, again, it really as you get into like the low 20s, uh, early 30s is where you get into some of those uh conversation po- or uh, discussion points on on should you be starting these guys. Um. I just real quick, some, some people that might, you might be very much on the fence about, and you guys are very different on. So one last little round of, of uh, rankings disputes, um, Eric, you say Robbie Anderson is, uh, you know, hold your nose, close your eyes and and plug him into your starting lineup. Um, Ryan, you're basically calling Robbie Anderson droppable at wide receiver 55 in by far the worst week of picking players, uh, to play, um, that, you know, there's the most players who are out. So, um, Ryan, I mean, you're so far out on Robbie Anderson, you might as well be telling everyone to drop him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you saw the quote that Matt Rule gave to the media after this weekend, but he wants to establish the run in Carolina, as it turns out. So the arrow's pointing up for Chuba Hubbard, and it is definitely pointing down for Robbie Anderson because he just isn't producing. He's gotten target volume at times, but if that's going to go away now with DJ Moore being the first option, and I mean, maybe even DJ Moore, I'm a little worried about after seeing how badly Matt Rule craves establishing the run. So I am down on the Panthers passing game as a whole. Okay. Um, yeah, Robbie Anderson has, has declined all the way to 60% rostered uh, in leagues. And um, I mean, he just had his second highest uh, scoring in uh, PPR league uh, at 10. 10, 10 whole points. He's, he's got, uh, uh, over the last three weeks, he's got 87 receiving yards on 29 targets. But, I mean, there, he's got so, such volume lately. Like, we're talking wide receiver 37 range this week where it's just a disaster. Like, are you really going to play Tyler Boyd who had three targets last week over Robbie Anderson who had 11? Like, I, I don't know. At some point, you do chase the volume and hope they turn it around. Terrace Marshall's got a concussion. I don't know. I, I, Robbie Anderson could be a desperation play. That's that's three yards per target, by the way, <laughs> for Robbie Anderson. Uh, all right, what about uh, Marquez Callaway? Again, kind of similar situation. Eric, you have him in. I uh, will play Robbie Anderson over him, but I won't like it because he's not that much lower than Robbie Anderson. And and Ryan, you're saying Marquez Callaway is droppable. So, uh, Eric, is this a similar story to Robbie Anderson? It's just the lack of options. You're just if you've got Callaway, just start him. Yeah, mostly or not I just mean, start him, but if you have no yeah. one else. Yeah, I mean his volume's been worse than Anderson's but he did see eight targets 85 receiving yards two you know two touchdowns that's not going to happen every week but um this offense is just so boom bust from week to week I don't know what to think of the Saints but he has you know he's getting some big plays he's he's topped 74 yards the last two weeks so he could do a little worse than Marquez Callaway yeah I just don't trust anything on the Saints offense so you can go ahead and play him but I will not be okay um all right let uh we'll move on to quarterbacks real quick I mean what what do we even do at quarterback? There's like no one playing this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh, start the quarterbacks that you have. Um, if you have uh, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, um, who's the other quarterbacks on by this week? Justin Herbert, uh, you know, you're keeping them. But um, who are your top options of guys that, you know, probably weren't drafted, probably weren't rostered um, and, and someone that you'd be looking to start this week, Eric? 
Yeah, so we already talked about Tua quite a bit. He's in a good spot here, uh, quarterback 11 for me. Um, Derek Carr, I mean, this is the kind of week where just the safety of Derek Carr, I think, is a pretty solid start. I got him at QB 10. Sam Darnold's had some down weeks. I'm not quite bailing on him against the Giants this week. Um, he can run the ball. And then even Matt Ryan, he kind of comes back into the starting range here against a bad Dolphins defense so far. And uh, Carson Wentz has shown some flashes. That, that kind of rounds out like my top 14. So those are the ones I'm looking at. Darnold, Carr. Uh, to uh, Matt Ryan Wentz I, I just I think go with a safer quarterback this week not one of those like Justin Fields types that could give you eight points like just try to get 15 to 17 points this week yeah you might as well leave Josh Allen in your lineup uh, if you're gonna start <laughs> Justin Fields there's a there's a chance they score the same number of points um, yeah all of those guys are under 70 percent rostered uh, Ryan is at 70 percent um, Ryan do you are there any of those quarterbacks uh, just to uh, rename them Matt Ryan Derek Carr Sam Darnold uh, to a tag of a that guy and Carson Wentz. Are there any of those quarterbacks that you disagree with Eric on in terms of, of wanting to start them this week? Yeah. As I said, I'm really not crazy about Darnold this week. I think that this Panthers offense has degraded quite a bit in the last three weeks. And it seems like Matt rule thinks it's because they haven't run the ball enough. So that's very, very bad for Sam Darnold. So I wouldn't trust him. I would even play guys like Justin Fields or Jameis Winston over him and just hope for the boom. But wouldn't wouldn't establishing the run be good for uh, leading rushing touchdown uh, uh, running back Sam Darnold for Carolina? I mean, he has as many rushing attempts. Uh, he has double the amount of rushing attempts as Royce Freeman. Like that's saying something. <laughs> I guess. But I will say that a lot of his fantasy production has come on those rushing touchdowns. And I don't think we ever really thought those were sustainable. So with the passing volume going down and that regression to the means seeming to hit, I'm just not that interested in Darnold anymore. He also leads the team in, in rushing yards per attempt. <laughs> Darnold Tied with versus, DJ Moore. Darnold versus Daniel Jones. Let's just go uh, rushing offenses with the quarterbacks this week. Just uh, like high school offenses. I, I'm here for it. There we go. Um, okay. Uh, so you wouldn't want to start Darnold. Uh, you also both uh, aren't that high on Carson Wentz. It's just kind of like the, you know, if you've got no other better options, um, is there anyone, do you disagree with, with Eric's, uh, philosophy on, you know, is, is there any of those, uh, other quarterbacks that you'd rather start over, over those guys that we haven't mentioned? Yeah. As I said, uh, James Winston, Justin Fields, those are guys that I would look to pick up. And here's the reason if I have been playing someone like Kirk cousins and I'm going to drop him this week, I want to pick up somebody that has the upside to continue being a starter beyond this i don't think that really exists in someone like carson wentz or sam darnold but there's a possibility that justin fields puts it all together this week and he looks amazing the rest of the way so that's really my thinking it definitely depends on the strength of your opponent as well though you don't want to completely just throw out any chance of you winning this week okay and then if you have alan herbert or, or prescott does that change the uh calculus for you on like a justin fields yeah, if I had Alan Herbert Prescott, I probably wouldn't bother risking fields because, I mean, the best case scenario is he does really well and then you have two quarterbacks on your roster you don't want to drop and that's kind of an awkward spot to be in. But the more likely scenario is that he flames out and you could have gotten like 12 points from Mac Jones or something. So, Or or Justin Fields blows up and then you listen to the devil on your shoulder that says trade Josh Allen and start Justin Fields the rest of the way. <laughs> All right, let's move on to tight end. Um, I mean, again, just the 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 absolute dearth of options this week. Uh, I was joking that Mo Ali Cox is uh, 
uh, Eric had ranked him really high and Eric has not unfortunately gone to his tight end rankings, but then he goes, but actually I think that's uh, the expert consensus rankings is what it defaults to. If I haven't ranked them. And I was like, Oh, that is Mo Ali Cox has a ranking of 13 on the, uh, as far as the ECR goes uh, on fantasy pros. So um, that just goes to show you how bad tight end is right now. Um, If you have Kelsey, even though he didn't practice or was limited in practice, Andrews, Waller, Pitts, Hawkinson, Fant, Goddard, uh, Ricky Seals, Jones. Oh, real quick, Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz was traded. How does Dallas Goddard move up a tier at all for you now that he's not competing with Ertz uh, for targets? Is there any any thought of of him now separating himself from the rest of that like kind of back of the you know top ten pack? Yeah, this is pretty big. I mean, he's put up some okay yardage totals anyway. He's definitely a more explosive player than Ertz, and Ertz was getting the ball a decent amount. So yeah, let's consolidate all this to Goddard. I think we're talking. <laughs> what, probably tight end eight or higher. Um, I, he's not going to crack like the Noah Fant or Hawkinson range for me, but right after that. Okay, so is would you say like if, if you have someone in your league that now believes in Goddard and you have an opportunity to sell high, are you more likely to hang on to him or are you more likely to sell high on him? I probably would sell high. I just don't. Um, I, Hertz is a really good fantasy quarterback, but I'm not sure I'd still trust him to distribute the ball in this offense real well. I like Devontae Smith more. So, um, yeah, I, I think I would sell high on Goddard. And um, it just depends, as always, what your waivers looks like. But um, I wouldn't give yourself a zero just because you've got no one on waivers to pick up. But if there's some options on there, like Ricky Seals Jones, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, Dallas Goddard, we hope that he's just going to consolidate all of these targets, but it's not really a guarantee. And as you said, Jalen Hurts not totally convinced he's going to support more than one consistent pass catcher after Devontae Smith. So if you can get a return that says Dallas Goddard is guaranteed to be like a top six tight end the rest of the season, then I think you can sell him. All right. Um, And then the back end of the startable tight ends, obviously Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, who we've uh, mentioned a handful of times on this show, Mike Gesicki, who's been a top eight tight end so far this year, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, and uh, Zach Ertz rounds out the top 12. Um, Mo Ali Cox, again, Fantasy Pros, uh, number 13th ranked tight end. Uh, Ryan, you have him all the way down at 20. So um, other than um, your streaming option that you mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, who I totally remember, you, oh, Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, who, so he doesn't even count. Uh, who Who below the top 12? Uh, would you be looking to start if you needed to pick up someone and, and RSJ wasn't available? Yeah, you can hold your nose and start Evan Ingram. I think he's been getting the target volume and doing nothing with it. And I never want to be the person touting Evan Ingram. So please don't take that as this because that's not what this is. But he's someone that I'm more confident will see the targets than Mo Cox. So I would throw him in. If Gronk plays, you kind of have to play him. I think I have him ranked at tight end 13. But other than that, there's really not a whole lot here. CJ Uzoma, Gerald Everett looked good on that one play the other night, but then they didn't use him. So those are guys I would look at, but I am not all that interested in Mo Alley Cox. Eric, I know you haven't actually ranked these tight ends, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Who of these guys outside of the uh, Fantasy Pros top 12 uh, would you be looking to pick up if, you, if all of the top 12 guys who are probably pretty rostered outside of Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, who would you be looking to to add i kind of hate them all um (laughs) there's a part of me that almost would rather just play ross dwelly with george kittle out and hope for something like i don't know like this is a mess at least he steps into like a starting role we know the colts are rotating their guys around like weekly um don't get me started on evan ingram again 
so I, man, maybe like Uzoma or Ross Dwelly. Like I just, I hate them, but um, those are two that stand out. And and there's not a single person on this list that you would drop Dawson Knox for, I'm assuming. Not from those names, no. That that does kind of help clarify that question, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, the Dalton Schultz one, obviously, Schultz is healthy. Dawson Knox is a little bit tougher of a question with the broken hand. But, um, yeah, I mean, if if, that's, if those are your options, I guess probably the only tight end you would pick up would be Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, he's probably the only tight end who's actually available that you would – would you drop Dawson Knox for Ricky Seals-Jones? Well, I mean, he's questionable right now too, right? Ricky Seals-Jones is. So, um, man, I think I'd just keep holding out. Uh, like, again, like if you are going to take a zero at a position or close to it, tight end's the position to do it because you may be getting a, a one-point game out of whoever as opposed to a six-point game out of Mike Gusecki or something. So, nah, I guess maybe I'll read – I'll change my answer from earlier. Hang on to Knox, even though I don't want to. Uh Ryan? Yeah, I think I would pick up Ricky Seals-Jones and drop Dawson Knox just because it's probably going to be at least two weeks before you can play him, and that that is significant. But yeah, getting beyond that, I would honestly just take the zero because I don't really feel like anyone below him gives you that great of a chance to score significant points. It's really a shame that uh, Dawson Knox breaks his hand going into the bye because um, the Bills have no uh, reason to, to label, label him as out. Whereas if they were playing this week, they could label him as out. And if you didn't have, you know, one of the million other players who are listed as out or on IR, you could stash Dawson Knox. But there's a good the, the, Knox probably won't get that tag on Yahoo or ESPN. So you will actually have to make that decision. Um, unlike if, if they were playing. So um, tough break there. But, hey, that's week seven for you. Uh, tough breaks <laughs> abound. Luckily, I think this is the worst of it. I don't think there's another week this year that has as many teams on by and as many fantasy-relevant teams on by. It's like literally four fantasy-relevant teams, whatever you call the Vikings, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so it's you know a lot of really, really great players who are unavailable to you. Um, hopefully, we are able to help you make some decisions and, and uh, you know, uh, put together a decent lineup this week but um you know show us on sunday tweet at us uh, at qb list or at the qb list sorry and uh, uh at our discord and just show us the the lineups that you're playing this week and um i think it'll be really interesting to see who, whose awful lineup uh ends up you know doing the best this week so that'll do it for us best of luck and uh thanks for listening